just physically, but uh, spiritually as well. So we've picked some songs that are going to kind of rip-roaring, getting you going, huh? get your getter going, and get you excited about praising. So if you'd stand with us, we'll get our service started with prayer and some great hymns and spiritual songs. So let's pray together. Father, we do are thankful for this morning. We're thankful for uh, the weather outside, that uh, the, the different seasons are amazing, that you can take this world, that you've designed it, to be in such a way that we're in orbit around the sun and we get summer, winter, spring, and fall, all the different seasons and all the things that go with it. We're thankful for the beautiful sunshine we have outside and the crisp air and just the chance to come together as we do each week to praise you, uh, to thank you for all of these things, to recognize that Everything we have, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, comes from you. You are our Father, our Redeemer, our Lord, our Savior. We, we just want to praise you and thank you for all that you are, all that you, you give to us. And the life that we have in Jesus Christ, the joy, the peace, the world doesn't understand, but we do. And as we come each week and we see each other, we remind each other of just what we have in you, why we're excited to be Christians, why we're excited to be part of this family, the family of God and the family of Hope Bible Church. So use everything that's done today to glorify Jesus. Use these songs to warm our hearts (laughs) and excite us in Jesus and your word this morning to remind us that we can live for you. We can be victorious in Jesus Christ. We ask these things in his name. Amen. Amen. So, as uh, I believe our sermon this morning is according to the title in our uh, bulletin is that we're going to be talking about living for Jesus, and we can do that. You have the power. God has given us His Holy Spirit to live in us, to give us the ability to do everything He asks us to do. And this song, Power in the Blood, talks about being free from the burden of sin, the power of sin, and to be able to do service for Jesus. And the key to that is the blood of Jesus Christ that's given us that power. There's power in the blood. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power. There is power. Underworking power in the blood of the Lord. There is power. There is power. Underworking power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? 
There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, there's power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, there's power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood, sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, there's power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lord. There's power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, wonder-working power in the blood, in the blood of, the of the Lamb. There is power, power wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. There is power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. In the precious blood of the Lamb, in the precious blood of the Lamb. Well, you sound like you believe that anyway. <laughs> At least the way you're singing it. All right. Second Timothy 4, 7, and 8. Uh, when Paul got to the end of his life and he recognized that he was fixing to be killed for his faith um, he wrote back to Timothy and it's a, a great acknowledgement to think I hope that every one of us can think this way too as we look back on your life as you maybe know that you're looking at your last days you can say I know I fought the good fight I've kept the, the faith I've lived for Jesus and laid up for me as a reward because I finished well so I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. In the future there is laid up for me The crown of righteousness Which the Lord, the righteous judge Will award to me 
Galatians 6, 9, another of uh, Paul's writings, he reminds us not to get tired. <laughs> I, every one of us at one time or another, you get weary. Uh, you know, it's, it's a battle. It's a fight against Satan. He's not taking it easy. He doesn't take a day off. There are no holidays in your faith away from Satan and his temptations and his desire to destroy us. So we have to remember uh, not to get weary and the eye, the, 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 the help that we have to help us not get weary is to look to the end, to the result. Keep your eye on the prize. If we recognize that we're working towards rewards in heaven, we're working towards one day going and living with Jesus Christ, and we're working and we can see around us the harvest of the things that we do. You see in people's lives that their lives are changed. They recognize that you're a Christian and they want to know why. And, and you've, I'm sure all of us at one time or another, you, you know people that you've had an impact on their life because you're willing to live for Jesus Christ and, and show them the love of Jesus Christ. So I agree with Paul. Don't get weary in doing good. In due time, you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. Do not grow weary in doing good. Do not grow weary in doing good. One due time you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. One due time you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. Don't give up. Do not grow weary in doing good. Do not grow weary. time you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. One due time you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. Don't give up.
One of the ways that uh, we can stay strong in Christ and be victorious and uh, not grit weary is by our relationship with him and how close we are to him and how we desire to know him and his word. And this song talks about uh, one of the psalms that David wrote and he saw, I'm sure at one point or another, saw a deer out in the wilderness wandering until he finally found water and the the excitement that comes when you're when you're dying of thirst and you're you desire that water like nothing else and the way that a deer would pant after water in desperation our heart should be panting after Jesus Christ and knowing him as the deer pants for the water As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. You're my friend, and you are my brother, even though. to share the word with us. Um, To me, one of the most beautiful worship hymns and the hymnal, Holy, 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 to stop more than anything else in our lives. 
just every once in a while be still and know that he is God and to worship him in the way he desires. Holy, holy, holy. Trinity, God in 
consider it a great <clears throat> privilege to uh, lead the music. And uh, I just, I would say, as, as you're, for, for those of you, you can't see, we're, out, we're looking out, and, and I can see you worshiping, and that is um, the greatest honor of being up here and recognizing that we're not entertaining, we're not here to try and impress you with our singing ability or our voices, and certainly with not with my guitar playing. So um, it's about helping all of us worship Jesus the way we're supposed to. And uh, I see that in our congregation as we're together. And it's, it's an amazing thing and a very encouraging and humbling thing for those of us I speak on behalf of the music team, I'm sure, as well, that uh, this is a, a house of worship, and we come to worship, and it's a great privilege to do that. We're also going to worship in God's Word, so if you take your Bibles, if you brought one with you, there's one, I'm sure, in front of you in the pew, or if you just want to simply listen to the Word of God, we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 19 to 24 taken from the Sermon on the Mount, and the heading in this Bible is Treasures in Heaven and what that means. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, There your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Let's pray. Father, it's easy to be living in this world that, especially the United States, surrounded by Mercedes Benzes and uh, gold chains and 75-inch televisions and huge mansions in every subdivision. Satan desires us to look at this and try and make it our home, try and make it our treasure, try and make it what we live for and desire. But you want us to see the, the dwelling place that you're preparing for us in heaven and to see the gold, silver, precious stones uh, that you are giving us the crowns as rewards for serving you here and living for you here. Help us to get our eyes off of here and get our eyes onto there. Help us to have our heart's desire there and not here. Help us to serve you and not this world around us. That It's great to own things, but help us never to let them own us. 
Use your word to teach us that this morning in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. So I'm glad to be standing up here today with you. Um, as I leaned over to wash my face this morning, my back tweaked a little bit, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, here Steve is out with back surgery, and I'm going to have a back moment here. And, uh, but I was prepared to take a lot of a leave if I had to. So. But I didn't, so God is merciful. Um, so I wanted to start out this morning. I was going to ask if I could see a show of hands for those that are familiar with the name Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey, ooh, pretty good, yeah. Well, for those of you that aren't, he was a uh, very uh, popular radio commentator and news columnist for decades. Had quite a long career, and I have uh, very fond memories of uh, his segment that was called the rest of the story. For those of you that remember those, they always had uh, kind of the backstory to either a person or an event um, where, you know, whether they could be famous or infamous, but still he added interesting facts that really brought you to an aha moment where you go, oh, okay, that brings everything together. It's a, a moment of clarity. And so today, uh, we're going to look at the backstory to sin, and that's why I thought of Paul Harvey. And we're going to begin with looking at the story of um, Abraham's treachery against Abimelech. And this is in Genesis chapter 20. So we're going to look at that chapter. Um, so starts out with... Uh, after God had destroyed uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, that Abraham, he, he uh, traveled uh, towards the uh, land of the Negev, and he settled between Kadesh and Shur, and he sojourned to Gerar, and it's there that he had an agreement with his wife to where she was to refer to him as her brother. And it says that uh, the king of Gerar, which was Abimelech, that he took Sarah, who was Abraham's wife, uh, because of thinking that it was Abraham's brother. And so God came in a dream that night to Abimelech, and he said, you are a dead man <laughs> uh, because you have taken a woman that is married. And Abimelech had not come near Sarah. So he knew this, and so he said, uh, would you slay a nation that is, uh, you know, not uh, blame, blameful for this? And he, he also said to God, um, you know, Sarah was saying that Abraham's my brother and, and that uh, Abraham was saying that Sarah is my sister. So that was his defense to God. And... And he, then he added that it was in the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands that I did this. So in his mind, he was innocent. Uh, and, 
and in his mind, he was the reason that he didn't sin. Um, but God, God agreed with that, 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 but he also added, I kept you from sinning against me. I did not let you touch her. So then God's instructions to Abimelech was, you know, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and that he would pray for Abimelech so that he would live. But he said, if you don't restore, then you and all that are yours will die. Um, pretty, uh, wake you up pretty quick when God's telling you, <laughs> telling you these things, you're going to die. So when he wakes up in the morning, Abimelech, he gathers all his servants and he tells them what had transpired with God. That would surely be an interesting conversation. Uh, so, uh, you know, which you would imagine all the men were terrified, frightened. And so Abimelech next, he's, he goes to confront Abraham and he says, you know, what have you done to us? Uh, you know, how have I sinned against you that you would do this thing that shouldn't be done to anybody? Um, and so he asked Abraham, you know, what have you encountered to do such a sin? So Abraham, he justifies it. He says, you know, I thought there was no fear of God in this land and that you would kill me for my wife. Uh, besides, he said, actually... My wife is my sister. She's my half-sister from my father's side. So he goes into the detail and, again, justifying himself. And he said, you know, and she became my wife. So, uh, you know, when God caused me to wander from my father's home, I made an agreement with my wife that she would call me uh, her brother. And so everywhere they would go, you know, she would say that of them, of him, that, you know, to, of Abraham, that he is my brother. So based on that, um, then Abimelech, he restores Sarah, Abraham's wife. Uh, he gave Abraham sheep and oxen, oxen and uh, men and maidservants. Uh, and then he said, you know, wherever you want to settle, here's all my land. You know, you choose where you want to settle. And then he says to Sarah, he says, I have given a thousand pieces of silver to your brother uh, so that you are vindicated to all. Um, you know, before all men, you are cleared of anything. And then uh, Abraham, you know, he, uh, he prayed to God. And he said, you know, to the, you know had God heal Abimelech, his wife, his maids, so that they all bore children again, uh, because the Lord had closed the wombs of, of Abimelech's house totally. So that's the, the story of, of Abraham sinning against Abimelech and uh, what all God did. But now let's, let's analyze the rest of the story. <clears throat> I, will, uh, I will say that when I first read this story, uh, my my attraction to it was that God was saying that he can keep us from sinning. I thought, ooh, that's great. Because my tendency is to think that, that I have to do that, that 
rugged individualism, right? I, I can do this. I can make this happen. So that's where I fall. And, but I found it was so encouraging that God is active for us against sin. Um, you know, whether we are aware of it or not, that, that he's doing that. So that, that was the big aha for me regarding sin was, was God's act, activity for us there. And then I, I thought about fear. And fear was the reason this started. You know, uh, Abraham, uh, from his perspective, he's, remember he said that no one in the land feared God, and which led him to fear men. So remember that, that, that when you start um, going down the road of fear, that you can end up fearing men and then sin because... Um, you know, God says that we should not fear. He tells us that. We shouldn't fear um, those who can kill the body uh, or death itself. He's, he's very clear on this. Um, and when we do fear, then you get, you know, we come up with half-truths or lies like Abraham. That was why he lied and said, my wife is my sister. <laughs> you know, he did that because he feared men. Um, so I, I, I would ask you, you know, have you experienced an environment where you see there's no fear of God, and then you feared men, and from that, then you've been tempted to tell a half-truth, or a little white lie, or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I, I know I can relate to Abraham in this area. I would I would hope that you can too, probably. Um, I know it made me think of, you know, Steve's been telling us from the pulpit that that uh, you know, things are going to accelerate. Sin is going to accelerate. And so part of this is we need to be asking God to, uh, asking and letting God change us to be fearless. You know, so remember that, that it's not just the asking but letting him work on you to be fearless, not to just keep saying, well, yeah, that really frightens me. You know, well, okay, work on it. <laughs> you know, take that step and trust God and say, God, help me with blank, whatever that is for you in your life, to be fearless. Next, let's consider God's sovereignty. Um, you know, God, God chose to keep... Abimelech from sinning. You know, we noticed that. He said, you know, I'm the one that kept you from touching Sarah. And, and that's powerful. We, we like that. But he noticed, though, too, he also, he allowed Abraham to sin against Abimelech, to lie to him. So isn't that interesting that how complex God's plans are, right? He uses um, sin. He in one place, he stops it, and in one, he allows it. Um, you know, God intervened with uh, Abimelech in his dreams. That's how sovereign he is, that he can come into our dreams and, and talk with us. And then he humbled Abimelech, who thought that, you know, hey, I'm the one that didn't sin with this guy's wife, but God... In his sovereignty and his power, he's the one that that's actually stopped that. 
And then God spoke of his sovereignty over death. You know, he told Abimelech, you will die if you do this, right? And then think about Abraham. You know, initially he had no idea that this was going on, right? Um, everything's happening to Abimelech, and Abraham is still thinking, well, my, my, uh, you know, my half-truth is still <laughs> out there functioning. I, they didn't kill me. Everything's going fine. Um, so we're, we're like that in a lot of cases, right? We're clueless to what God is doing with his sovereignty and how he's working in our lives. So, you know, I guess with today's story that we're talking about here, will that change your acknowledgement of God's work in your life? You know, will you start to reflect on Abraham and Abimelech and go, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a backstory on my life that God is working and I don't even see. And I say that because we need to acknowledge that, right? That's part of our relationship with God. And it, it does make a difference in our lives. Next, I would say, notice that others are affected from our sin. This is part of the backstory of what's going on. You know, Abraham, he, he lied about his wife, and this resulted in Abimelech's um, household being childless, right? You know, that's, that can happen to us. If we're sinning, there's results for other people. And God says in the future that all would die if Abimelech sinned with Sarah. You know, how sobering is that? Should have been very sobering for Abraham that, you know, his sin is leading to these things, potentially. Um, so it's, it's, it's very sobering that God, you know, he, he, he's very seriously protecting you as you go through life as he did with Abraham. So it makes me think of how am I, you know, you know, am I thinking about my sins and how they're affecting these other people and how God is protecting me in that so that, you know, there's, there's consequences to my friends, my family, my coworkers, you know, when I do these things and... It should have an effect on, on my ability to stop sinning, <laughs> you know, to make that decision. And again, by God's power, and he helps us, but to remember and take seriously those consequences. Next, in the backstory would be condemning sin. You know, Abimelech, you know, he had questions to Abraham and that had sinned against him, you know, Abraham, uh, you know, why did you do this? You know, why did you do these things against me? And Abraham, to his credit, you know, he spoke the truth. He said, you know, there's no fear of God in this land. 
right? So up to that point, um, you know, Abimelech was not, hadn't been convicted of that, right? He thought, well, you know, I didn't sin with Sarah. You know, I'm a good guy. You know, God kind of corrected him. But still, Abraham was willing to speak that and to condemn sin. And that is something that we need to be willing to do also. So I would challenge us on that. And then I would realize that God favors us. Um, we know that from Romans 8.28, it says, For God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And we see that in this story with, with Abraham. Think about it. You know, Abraham sinned against Abimelech, right? Lying about his wife. Abimelech gets in all this trouble. And Abimelech ends up giving him oxen and sheep and male and female servants. And, and then he says, you know, anywhere you want to go in my land, you can go and settle, right? Is, is that favor from God or what? <laughs> you know, think about that. Think about how, you know, are, are we giving God glory for that favor that he gives us? There's going to be times where you're going to be aware of it, but there's going to be times where you're not aware of it too. And God's working in that background with his sovereignty. Um, so just a reminder that, you know, Give God that glory for all those blessings that you're receiving. And then lastly, um, prayer has a role, right? God required a prayer from Abraham so before Abimelech to be healed in his household. Now, God was showing mercy on Abimelech, who was undeserving, Right? He had no fear of God, but yet God showed mercy. And he, and he let Abraham be part of that by saying to Abimelech, he's a prophet, have him pray for you, and I'll heal you in your household. How precious is that, that he gave Abraham that opportunity to be part of, just like it is for us. You know, God gives you that opportunity to pray for people. Right? Knowing that you could be sinning and some of those people are paying for your sins and God's work in their lives, and you need to be praying for them, that God would have mercy on them, you know, that he would help you not to sin against them to start with, <laughs> but as you do sin, you know, that he would be protecting them and helping them to you know, ultimately be saved, obviously, but also, you know, he's protecting you, you know that, and especially with unbelievers in your life, you know, think about that. The undeserving, if you want to look at it, you know, they're unbelievers, are you going to be praying for those people? Or are you just praying for the believers and, you know, so-and-so needs you know, a new house or a new car, you know, or you're having bad health. But think about the undeserving, as they gave us an example here of, of Abimelech. And God was the one that said to do that. <laughs> so, 
in summary, I, I hope you've had a few aha moments about sin today. As, as Paul Harvey would um, say, you know, we, we face um, similar environment of no fear of God. Uh, you know, you think about our society today. You know, um, so we share that with Abraham. And so it's very likely that with that, that you might have some fear. Or, again, we talked about, you know, asking God to take that from you, to not be fearful. So, but we might, and we might say a half-truth like Abraham did. Um, we f- might forget that God is relevant in all this. Uh, but God can keep us from sinning. Um, we are to be fearless. We are to acknowledge God's sovereignty is working in the background in our lives and be cognizant of our sin's effect on others. To condemn sin, be willing to speak that truth and to give glory to God for his favor towards you and to pray for your enemies, as we just spoke about. So, um, one way uh, I was reminded recently of to ask God to keep me from sinning is in our uh, Matthew chapter 6, uh, 9 to 13. It's a, our prayer where we say, lead us not into temptation. You know, it's very applicable to ask God every day, you know, Lord, help me not to be led into temptation to sin. It's an excellent prayer. I would remind you of that. And now you know the rest of the story behind sin. It's not just God stopping you from sinning, but there's a lot that we just reviewed here. Hopefully you'll go home and meditate on that and uh, you know, let God work in your lives to, uh, to grow in your walk. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for your mercy on us, uh, that you would share these truths with us. And we just ask that we would be changed, men and women, uh, going forward, um, thinking about your sovereignty and uh, just how you protect us, Lord, and, and the effects of our sin on others' lives and all these things working together, Lord. Um, we praise you for and want to be thankful for and uh, willing to change in light of these things that are going in in the background of our lives going on um, that we don't think about every day, God, but we want to. We, we want to be ones that follow you in this area, and we just praise you that you are for us and working these things out day to day. In Christ's name, amen. Good morning. Uh, upcoming events. Uh, January 18, uh, Bible study at 645 right here at the fellowship. Uh, if you're able to come, please come. Uh, January 21st is a work day, 8 a.m. Uh, if you're able to come for one hour, two hours, that's great. Believe me, you will not be bored. We will find you something to do. 
It's like you imagine, you know, it's like a new house, there's always something to do. Uh, January 22nd, Matthew Meal, uh, that's um, a time for us to extend the fellowship and also to share a meal. If you have a favorite dish you can bring, we can share, that would be great. Um, January 28th, ladies meeting, 1 p.m. That's been in the planning for a long time. And ladies, let me tell you, you will be encouraged. Because when I come to the men's meeting once a month, that's one of the best days of my, my whole month. Uh, not because of the meal, enjoy that too. But for the teaching and also the sharing, you know, we share, we talk about the Bible, share about our life. And also we talk about current events, politics and all that. So, which is, is, is great. It's a, believe me, it's a great, great fellowship time. Uh, we have our men's here are very different, and that is also great. But we know that one love and one faith united. So, ladies, come, pray that God will clear your calendar and give you a humble heart to come. And believe me, you will be encouraged. I guarantee it. Um, also, now we have the last two songs, the offering. And remember, we, you always can give online. And also we have a little box in the box. Thank you. Have a great week. have two more great songs, so if you'd stand for our final two songs. <clears throat> the rest of the story, okay? So here's, think of your life before you accepted Jesus and after you accepted Jesus, and that's the rest of that story. So since Jesus came into my life, should be night and day, should be a, a great difference in who I was and who I am and the difference that he makes when he comes to live inside. What a wonderful change since Jesus came into my life. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought Since Jesus came into my heart I have light in my soul for which long I have sought Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart since Jesus came into my heart, floods of joy are my soul, like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart, I have ceased from my wandering and going astray. Since Jesus came into my heart. And my sins, which are many, are all washed away Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart 
floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll since jesus came into my heart i shall go there to dwell in that city i know since jesus came into my heart and i'm happy so happy as onward i go since jesus came into my heart since jesus came into my heart since jesus came into my heart Floods of joy o'er my soul, like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart. And as usual, we got a go get him song. So this is our go get him song. He's he lives. <laughs> He's living in your heart, and he wants to go with you everywhere you go. And the world's going to ask you why you're different and i can tell you you asked me why i know he lives he lives within my heart i serve a risen savior he's in the world today i know that he is living whatever men may say I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along my sorrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives, He lives within my heart. In all the world around me, I see see His loving care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that He is leading through all the stormy blasts. The day of his appearing will come at last. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King. The hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along us narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. 
dismissing us again so let's pray father we praise you we know you are alive the world has said god is dead or where's he at and he doesn't care he's not involved and we see you every day in our lives working changing us blessing us just help us to show that with the the beam on our face the light in our lives that the world knows you live through us in jesus name we pray amen amen Amen. Kenny, Mr. Kenny, my guitar, my getter. Thank you, sir. And to embark.